We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's not a fib potty. We are actually live. We are streaming live, mate. We are right live. here from the Robert Allenby Studios, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sports Attention Podcast. We're back. Great, great to be here, Grego, as always. Mm. <laughs> What a what have you be done here, mate? What an absolute palace we've got here. Well, the for those yes, for those who are all ears, uh, the Robert Allenby Studios is has had a makeover. We're we're gone live. We're in the video realm, mm. and uh, it's all happening here. It's had the renovation, and it looks absolutely outstanding, mate. Well, You've like done it. well. Yeah, You've I done like well. It. I'm glad I've got your tick of approval, my friend. Because that's all that matters, really, isn't it? That's right. That's right. The only two voices here at the moment. Mm, should we get into the podcast, mate? Let's roll. We're here, Potty. We're live. The Sports Detention Podcast. It's been a massive, massive week. Huge. They just they just get bigger and bigger, don't they? Mm. The stories just keep piling up, and they're just screaming for us here at the Sports Detention to jump all over them, and we'll, we'll oblige, won't we? Absolutely. And the fact that we've gone live, mm. I'm so glad to see that you've dressed up for the occasion, mate. Thank you, mate. Bit oh, of smart casual. Yep, bit of smart casual. I've got me um, me fluoro, oh, not me fluoro, me... Um, my floral. Floral, there we go. That's yeah, the word the I'm flowers. looking at. My floral uh, board shorts on, nice and comfy, and of course my toffee shirt, you know, they've had a good Ooh. month, so that's been dusted off and bought out. Yeah, very good, uh, As it does. But we all know we're only one loss away from, um, you know, back in the cover. Catastrophe. Uh, yes, but anyway, mate... Um, What's yeah. caught your eye, mate? Uh, that's obviously caught my eye, your wardrobe, but what has caught your eye in the world of sport, my friend? So, Grego, obviously, mate, we all know who Mark Zuckerberg is, and you've been all over it, haven't you, mate? The, um, he's entering or possibly entering into the fight realm. Mm. Uh, done himself a mischief this week, apparently. It's well, been, apparently so. Mm, it's been broken on social media, and we're uh, looking at uh, footage on the gram at the moment, aren't we? And mm. um, Well, a picture of him on the gram at the moment, and he's done himself an ACL. Yeah, done the ACL. Yep. Yes, uh, it's, a, it's not the best injury to get. No, I no. Mean, very common. Very yeah. common. So he's been doing a lot of jiu-jitsu lately, yep. uh, Zuckerberg. For those who aren't in the know, he's, um, yeah, he's had a – he's I don't know, he's almost like – Re-imaging himself in mm. the mar- as a martial artist of of late. So. Yes, any truth or rumor? Elon Musk has jumped all over the fight now. Well, I mean, <laughs> now if now's the time to fight him, Elon, I would agree, mate. Um, you could just imagine him laying there on his hospital bed, as you can see in the mm. image we've got in front of us, and Elon just coming up and throttling him. Yep, that's right. Too easy. Yep. Now look. Which leg would you be going for with the takedown? <laughs> well, the, the one with the machine on it. Um, in the Fair Dinkum department, though, like, I love the fact that, you know, people, and I enjoy martial arts myself. You know, it's it's a fantastic endeavour to, to get into, and I encourage anybody at home who has children whatnot, it's, it's such a great thing to get kids in to, especially for self-confidence. Um, it's a challenge. It's great. And... Zuck has obviously fallen into the whirl of martial arts and I find it really interesting though when you look at the comment section 
and you see the people who mm. are commenting on it. And it's almost like, uh, are they, do they just not want to say it how it is? Like you've got the likes of Stylebender, who has trained with Zuck. Yep. You've got Coach Cav coming in, not a real fighter until your first surgery. Yep. And it's just a, <laughs> a bit of a pat on the back to Zuck and, you know, I mean, a bear never shits in his own end of the woods, does he? No, so, that's right. Yeah, you know, when the contracts and the cash are flying around later on and the the privates, mm. you know, yeah, I'd probably be, uh, I'd be probably uh, patting him on the head and saying, oh, come and see me when you're ready. Yep. That's right, mate. That's right. Mm. Yeah, he certainly, um, you know, you look after Zuck, don't you? Yeah. And for those who haven't seen the image, he's making a fist. Yeah. He's a fighter. He's a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, good. Yeah. Speedy recovery, ACL. No laughing matter on that nah. front, mate. That's going to um, set him back, you know, even with all the resources at his disposal, you'd have to yeah. think nine months to probably a year till he's back to where he was, confidence-wise. Mm. Yeah. You've done an ACL yourself, haven't you? I've mate? done a couple, mate. Yep. Yes, it's uh, it's not good. It's grim. Um, yeah, but I would say that I didn't get to stash fifties in my splint, though. I was quite poor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, very good, mate. Mate, what's caught your eye? I mean, I'll do a quick one. Apologies to Chariots of Fire. So Martin of Fire, we spoke about last yep. week. I mentioned that he was a Tigers player. He was actually a Rooster. Yep. So Roosters fans have absolutely hammered me all week mm. about that. But. Um, yeah, Chariots of Fire, Roosters legend. Um, but speaking about former legends, um, I was watching, you know the, I mean, look, I'm not having a dig here, mate. Come on. The Ashley and Martin commercials. Yes, for the hair. yes, yes. Is Jared Hayne in an Ashley and Martin commercial? Well, I don't know. I had a good look at this the other day when you were... So basically, I'm going to play it here. I mean, no good for the listeners, but... Tay Tay from the Ashley Martin. Is that Jared Hayne? Well, <laughs> now you mention it, it does look a little bit like him. Dead uh, set, Tay Tay, or Taylor's Turning Point is the name of the ad. So yes. if you've seen the Ashley and Martin hair loss ads, Tay, and he refers to himself as Tay Tay. Yep. You know, I mean, I thought that was reserved for Taylor Swift, but. You would have thought not. so. Yep. But Dead Set, if you look at him, if you look at it, it's. It's Jared Hayne. Mm. Yeah, mate. And now, it's you mention it. now you mention it. <laughs> right. So uh, that's, uh, you know, mm. obviously, obviously not the best. Well, I mean, if only hair loss was Jared Hayne's only problem at the moment. Yes. Got, um, a lot of huge problems. Yes. Mm. Um, and final thing, mate, it's called my Prime. Prime. Prime drink. So for those of you watching on the video, you'd notice that we've got a stash of Prime here. Now... I don't know much about Prime, other than the fact that Logan Paul and KSI have got their fingers all over it. Mm. But I tell you what, I've been noticing on the social media, on my threads, with just friends that have young kids and the like, and they're absolutely frothing for Prime. Mm. Have you seen it, the the explosion of Prime yourself? I have. When I was first exposed to it, KSI, Logan Paul, actually in a WWE ring mm. and, and KSI might have even been WrestleMania or something like that showed up in a prime like costume. Oh yes. Yeah. yes. So that was my first exposure to it, but that's going back a year now, I reckon maybe mm. a bit longer. So, so anyway, I've been hearing rumors, even that junior coaches have had their heads on the chopping block and been sacked for bringing Gatorade. That's wow. how big Prime is. Wow. Like the kids are absolutely loving Prime. So I thought, well, what's the hoot about it? Yeah. 
let's bring some prime into the studio and let's try some. Let's give so it a I've go. got a couple of flavors here. Got the blue raspberry, the ice pop. The is it the meta moon and the lemon lime? Yeah, right. Right. So I, I thought, like it. I thought we could try. Yep. Try a couple each. We'll what, take two each. Yeah, what's your poison, mate? Mate, I might take the ice pop and the blue raspberry, yeah, mate, no and worry. you take the two closest to you. We'll just we'll just sip on them and report back to the listeners throughout the podcast. I like it. So I might start with the ice pop, mate. Mate, I'm on the uh, lemon line. Mm. So we'll report. Giving it a shake. Oh, sorry, it does say to shake it. And it's also to the, uh, I mean, something... Of note, and I did say that it's a lot of children that I saw. It's not suitable for children under 15 years of age. Yes. Pregnant or lactating women. So, yes. I mean, I'm glad I'm not lactating. Mm, indeed. So, um, oh, mm. oh, that's sweet. That is very sweet. Oh, mm. it's delicious though. It is very nice, but I'm worried about, um, yeah, you know, I might get to sleep again on Wednesday. Mm. <laughs> Oh, hold I'm on, gonna, I'm going to have, have to try that another, again. Yeah, I'm going to again. Mm. Oh, yeah, that is delicious. I mean, it I'm is. having the ice pot, potties on the lemon lime. I mean, it is good. I'd Yeah, like I said, I'd, I might be playing bed karate tonight. It's one of those ones that I uh, had a little bit of a, a swig of and I was like, oh, I can't have any more. And then about four seconds later, I was like, yeah. I need another the swig. The dopamine. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> oh, and no wonder why the children are locked in. Yeah. All right, mate. That's all that's caught my eye. Um, should we get into the footy, mate? Let's go, mate. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here! Beautiful, mate. Away we go. Woo, I am buzzing at the moment, mate. Doing very mm, well. Prime time. Uh, mate, so the Pack Championship, done and dusted, New Zealand. Now, the Pack Cham. Yeah, the Pack Cham. Hold on to your chair here because this is not a misprint. New Zealand 30, the Kangaroos nil. Mm. Wow. I mean, it was rough. That was rough, wasn't it? I mean, mm. I did not see that coming at all. No. Nah. And well, um, we called it last week. We said, look, don't worry about the Melbourne game. Let's just go to. Hamilton, and mm. let's have the final. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking that would have been a better idea this week even. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm. It was, um, yeah, so, yeah, news, they were all over Australia to begin with. Mm. Like, they came out, their forge ran for something like 200 metres where Australia's were back on yeah. about 70 metres and we're talking in the first, you know, 10 sort of minutes. Fisher-Harris led the way. He was absolutely dominant. Mm. He was a man on a mission and... um. Players like uh, Dylan Brown, who copped a lot of flack the week before from um, certain portions of the media about his display uh, the week before, really stood up from an attacking point of view. I've got my own views on yeah. like his performance as as um, from week to week, but you know, really, Australia never looked likely. Nah, and I mean, it wasn't the only surprise. Obviously, PNG got the. Got the win over the bar. Well, that was just a complete reverse, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it was another reversal. And then, obviously, England did the same job you know, over in the UK against Tonga. Mm. Um, I think Tonga, from that match, they just looked like they were tired. They were done. They'd had enough of a tour. Time to get home. Yeah, so it's it's it's, it's a bloody long year. I think if for first weekend in March, so maybe the 4th of March, might have mm. been the first ball kick this year, or even the second. Yeah. So what are we, like, the... 
fourth or fifth of um, November when this kicked off. We're talking a very long year for these mm. guys, aren't we? So probably getting a little fatigued. You touched on last week they were very, very competitive in the first two matches. Yeah. But, um, yeah, obviously a bridge too far here. Elliot Whitehead. Uh, giving it away as well, announced that that was going to be his last game for England. So yeah. that would have um, created a little bit of momentum, a little bit of emotion amongst the English as well. So Yeah. yeah. But it, it seemed like a pretty good series over there. Um, moving back to the Aussies, mate. Uh, you know, disappointing result at the end. Mm. Um, when you look at the players missing... Uh, the fact that it's end of season, you can see that, that is going to be a bit of an issue moving forward for you know the rugby league calendar to to work around. Yep. But I just think at the end of the day, we're out enthused by the Kiwis. Mm. They were ready to play, and we we're pretty poor defensively when it mattered as well. So yeah, I, I agree. It was um, you know people do make up the the type of excuses you spoke about before, end of a long year, etc. Mm. But Kiwis have played the same season as well. Oh, yeah. They were All just ready for that last around. game. And well done to Madge Maguire. Bring that over to the origin, mate. That's what we love. Well, apparently. Yeah. Not confirmed yet? Not confirmed. Mm. No. Yeah, so... Um, what did you think about the crowd, mate? Because I know there was a lot of word around in terms of the poor crowd in Hamilton. Now, mm. there's been a bit of pushback on that to say that the angle looking was, I believe, was the western side mm. and that was just covered in sun. And um, also, it must have been the Eastern Grandstand then. Yeah. You know, mate. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You're the geography. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'm going to go with yes. Um, so anyway, they, they were saying that because people didn't want to sit in the sun, but the other grandstand was packed, the one that the camera was yep. not viewing. So, I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty, t- pretty rough looking at it early. It did look like there were... You know, wasn't many people there, but you know, once once the Kiwis got the roll on, you started to hear the noise. It it looked like it was a decent enough crowd, thirteen thousand, I believe. You know, this time of the year, getting out for footy. Um, you know, Hamilton is not rugby league central. Mm. You know, the um, there was word out around Eden Park, Mount Smart, and that they were all booked out for different reasons, whether it was maintenance or. Um, or other events, so there was a bit of issue calendar-wise, which resulted in it being played at Hamilton. But you know, at the end of the day, it's um, you know the, that wasn't going to make a difference. The Kiwi still got the job done. Yeah, far too good. Just on the crowd before we move on, plenty of excuses there, none acceptable as far as I'm concerned. Thirteen thousand is not enough for a Test match mm. at the end at the end of the season. We need to be packing that out wherever we decide to put it. Yeah. So they've either picked the wrong uh, venue, um, the wrong time of day, the wrong city, I'm not sure, but 13,000 is definitely not. And it was a terrible look. Yeah. Like there were, there well, were what they're saying, 15 people in the grandstand. What, were they, what they're saying is the New Zealand, New Zealand Rugby League had the organisation of it. They, they were the ones in charge with organising it and they have mentioned that the NRL will take over for next year. Mm. So... I mean, if that is that is that a cop out? I don't know, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's an excuse. Yep, and there it is. But eh, well done to the Kiwis. Um, speaking about having very little, mate, um, Mike Acevo, he's have you had a word to him, Potty? Because he rocked the potty trim on the weekend. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, yeah. Mate, did it help? 
Well, no, no, it did not. <laughs> it did not. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a bit, a bit of a different take for old Micah. He got the trim. Yeah, going for the Clint Gutho. Yeah, the Gutho. The mm, um, he surprised us all with that one mid-season. He certainly did, and uh, once again, not all that successful, was it? Oh, jeez. Yep. So a bit any, more ice pop. Yeah, uh, Micah Sevo. Look, mate. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not for round one. Uh, what else have we got from the weekend, mate? Any discussion points? Yeah, so, um, look, moving away from uh, the test uh, the test series, and as we just mentioned before, congratulations in New Zealand in the grand final, the final that was of the uh, Pac Champs the other day. They were far too good. Mm. Out enthused, outplayed, and what an incredible performance. Uh, James Fisher-Harris and the like. But I noticed something else in the news the other day. Wayne Bennett has come out and said that you know, he is moving on from Redcliffe at the end of this year and he is available, yeah. basically sending out the resume. So, you know, Bennett declares he's up for a job in 2024. I still think he's got plenty to offer. Mm. Where well, to, mate? I mean, it depends. If mm. they, I mean, does he just keep rolling out Brisbane teams? Yeah. So if you get another Brisbane team, that could be an option. Um, however, I'm thinking maybe the Kiwis might be looking for a new coach, and he has coached them before. Certainly has. Yeah. You don't think he'd want a full-time NRL gig, though? Because um, once you oh, step away from he that... He might want one, mm. but is there going to be one on offer? Is the other, you know... So to my way of thinking, there's probably, off the top of my head, six clubs that he'd be really interested in going to. Because let's be fair, he's not going to go to a team that's not a chance of winning a premiership in the two- or three-year window he's going to be mm. there, is he? Yeah. So there's very few of them, I'd imagine, where um, he could end up. I mean, if Demetrio doesn't do too well at South, he might be welcome back there. Yeah. Uh, I don't mm. think Demetrio uh, is going anywhere from there. I think he's a great, great coach. Um, yeah, so maybe Parramatta, if Brad Arthur doesn't do... All that well. I mean, he'd certainly bring an X-Factor player along, wouldn't he? I think, yeah. I think um, the Sharks, Craig Fitzgibbon might be, you know, if things aren't going well mid-year for Craig Fitzgibbon, there could be questions around his position and role there. Mm. But other than that, I, I can't see anything other than international football for Wayne. Yeah. How's that, mate? What flavour is that one you got? I mean, I've just ducked into the Meta Moon. Quite nice. Do you want to give it a go? Mate, I'm going to go the Blue Raspberry. Yeah, go the, the Blue, Blue Raspberry. I'll, I'll try that one. Yeah, so look, look, I'll be very surprised to find out Wayne Bennett is lost to the game at the end of this year. Christian mm. Wolf gets his crack up at Redcliffe, a great... Um, yeah, that's a well-earned Yeah, a well-earned... Yeah, so look, I imagine if you were going to be a side who bought Wayne Bennett in and you were going to bring him in for a... Oh, a, gee. A, mm, a Blue Raspberry. Mm. Winner? Well, let's put a bit of lead in me pencil, mate, there that's for sure. <laughs> um, I'd imagine that you'd do something very similar. You'd get him in, you'd bring in a young rookie with him and say, mm. like they've done with Demetrio, like they've done with Christian Wolf, and say, here you go. Mm. Yeah, so um, anything else from you, mate? No, nah, mate, I, I, there's a few quick mentions we got here. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake, that was a bit of a debacle this, this week. It yep. looked like, um, you know, it, it's Come out that he's staying with the Waz for next year. Yep. However, was it because the only team that looked like they were going to be able to afford him were the Dragons? Is that why he's staying at the Waz? Oh, well, maybe if there'd been a team that was a stronger premiership contender, say, for example, 
the Roosters or someone like yeah. that had been pushing for him, perhaps he would have um, fought a little harder. Look, for me, I reckon it's the Warriors. I reckon, similar to what Melbourne did a couple of years ago with Josh Adokar, it's like, we will release you and we want to look after you from a compassionate point of view, mm. but we need to be suitably replaced. And let's be honest, in the competition, is there three, four better front rowers than Adam Fanua Blake? No, he's he's going to come at a cost. Yeah. That's he, for sure. But if I'm if I'm um, Andrew Webster over the Warriors, if I lose Adam Fanua Blake, I know there's a very good chance that I'm not making the finals next year, that I'm slipping well down mm. the ladder. He is that good a forward. I would not be releasing him without some sort of compensation in the way of a player. So I've got a remedy, mate. Give it to me. Matt Lodge. The Lodger. Yeah, well, that worked before, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so your... Yeah, I, I mean, it just looked no, like... Just to clarify, your remedy to that problem is to get... A problem. Ma- a pro- <laughs> is to get Matt Lodge, who's been over there and didn't work out, who's got a busted ACL. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg. Hey, yes. Um, look, yeah, it was just interesting for me because Fanua Blake looked like he was, like, he's got to go, I've got to go, and then it looked like the only option for him realistically was the Dragons. And yep. He's like, uh, no, I might just sit this one out. Yeah, well. Mm. Yeah, he wouldn't be the first bloke to sit out a season rather than play for the Dragons either. Well, you're talking about the raging bull, aren't you? <laughs> Um, uh, speaking about movement, mate, um, the Chooks are, are in the market again. You had another sip again. of the Prime, have you, mate? Sorry? You had another sip of the Prime, have you? Is that, I've got movement, yes. <laughs> um, the Chooks, mate, what are they doing in the market? Mate, Jenko, Michael Jennings. Mm. Yeah, um, Penrith, Penrith young fella. Parramatta yeah. uh, played nearly 100 games there. He's been out the last couple of years. Uh, they've signed, or it looks like the Chooks are going to sign into a train and trial and a train and trial mm. at the age of 35. So Jenko's just coming off a drug suspension, I believe. Yep. Which he saw at the back end of the 2020 season at Parramatta. Yep. So, um, Parramatta great. A Parramatta great. So mm. interestingly enough, in all seriousness, Penrith Jr. came through the ranks there, Thought he'd be there his whole career. I think he nearly played as many games at Parramatta in the end as he did at Penrith. So. Yeah, really. So yeah, he, he chalked up quite a durable player. Two hundred ninety nine games, and he's was it two ninety nine? There you he's go. He's on a few. Yeah, yeah. So you know, everyone loves a redemption. A redemption story. Good luck, Jenko. All the best. Mm, yes, yeah, so I, I would say it's got something to do with cash. Yeah, I yeah. have to say so. Yeah. But um, final one, mate, um, the Raiders. The Raiders. Now, the Raiders, we know the Tigers last year, mm. um, they went for the new logo change. They took the paws out yep. and just went for the Tiger head. Now, the Raiders have gone for, you know, a similar – I mean, they've always just had the Raider. Yeah. But the problem with this one, mate, and I've got it up on the screen for you here, mate, it looks like it was made in Windows 95. It does. It looks like, like it is <laughs> – who has been paid for this shit? Oh, hang on. It's clear to me. That's what Cozzy was doing down in Canberra. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's what's happened, isn't it? They've got him down there and he's, he's touched up the logo. What do you think of it, mate? Yeah. Give us your honest opinion. Um, it looks worse than the one they had in the year 2000, mate. Oh, well, that is... Yep. Okay, yeah. that is brutal. Why? I, I look at it and I just go, why? Yeah. But why? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? That yeah. is not what we're after. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, if yeah. that bloke's doing the Viking clap, I'm not all that worried. Mm. Yeah. Do you reckon the 
Oh, no, I was going to say whether the Vikings, many of the Vikings had clap, but they probably did. <laughs> yeah. um, rightio, mate. Uh, speaking of speaking of people who live a medieval lifestyle, mate, we're going to go to the stream of the week. Oh, now, how did I? I've just come across this one on Netflix, and yep. I've just thrown it straight out and said we need to get onto this stat. Yep. Um, last stop, Larimer. Yeah. Last stop, Larimer. Now. I don't know what was surprising, more surprising for me was the fact that, you know, this story and this documentary had occurred or the fact that I spoke with a colleague today and they had actually watched it and never mentioned it to me. Yeah. Even um, though it's been out for a week. Yeah. Like, it is dead set. Like, for the listeners at home who haven't seen Last Stop Larimer, like, when I first watched Netflix and I watched Making a Murderer, I thought, you know, only in America. Yeah. I was wrong. In Australia it happens too because Last Stop Larimer is an absolute shit show. Oh, it is. <laughs> so set the scene for us, mate. So it's, it's a really – look, I must take my hat off. It's a really well-done documentary. It is. You it, know, yeah, and they grab you from the very start. You know, spoiler alert, we're going we're gonna to touch on a few things, but it's still worth going and watching. Absolutely. Um. So they basically sell it as a, as this fella Paddy, this larrikin, and the the most lovable chap you could ever meet. He's missing. He's gone missing. He's just disappeared. He and his dog, they've they've both just disappeared. So they go into it and they introduce the viewers to it, and it's like selling that crocodile Dundee image yep. of Australia of the world. <laughs> and this this plays Larimer in the middle of the Northern Territory, just. There's nothing there. Yeah. Absolutely nothing There's there. There's literally 11 people who live there. Yeah. If you went back 20, 30 years ago, it used to be a li- <laughs> boom town, only just well, it was a, a It was town. a place where people would stop yep. on their way through if they were, they were travelling through the Northern Territory. Yep. Was, but, um, yeah, so we get introduced early to Cookie, Cookie and, and Billy Light Can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... So, so talk to me about Billy. So Billy Light Can, I would... Like Billy, Billy, how Billy is still alive, I don't know. Because he, if you had, if, for those listeners at home, think of death, you know, that's been put in the microwave for 15 seconds, that's Billy Light, Ken. (laughs) It's dead set. Like, I mean, he hasn't got an ounce of fat on him. He's he's an absolute chronic alcoholic and he's only got half a tongue. (laughs) Like... Oh. So Billy Light Ken, and he got his name Billy Light Ken because he was a truck driver and he would drink all day and he could only drink light beers so he could drive his truck. Like it's just it's <laughs> an absolute shit show. So oh. anyway, they start talking about this resident Paddy Moriarty and he's gone missing. And you know, they talk about how everybody loved Paddy and this, that and the other, and then it gets then it gets into the documentary and it's almost like this switch goes after like 15 minutes and then you realise that everybody fucking hated each other in the town. Yeah. <laughs> and there is, you know, there's been this, what was it, like an ABC documentary or some, yeah. some film come through in the past and they're all talking about the town. So for some reason there's been some sort of an interview going on, yeah. uh, like a story on this town and you've actually got footage of Paddy and the other residents from, what, five, ten years yeah. earlier and they're 
openly talking about their disdain for one another. <laughs> a couple of them are even talking about... Like wishing each other dead. Wishing, talking about <laughs> killing Paddy, and then all of a sudden he's gone. He's gone. It's like, oh, well, now everyone's a suspect. Yeah. And it is. Oh, it's a shit show. Like, um, So they literally know someone in that town is a murderer and there's only 11 people there, <laughs> but they have no idea who did it because from a criminal point of view... He is gone without a trace. Like yeah. there is but never also fear. Says Chalky. Yeah, well, never fear, because I was about to mention Chalky. They bring in Chalky. Chalky's the local copper. <laughs> and the way they, I don't know if they stitched Chalky up with this, but the way the first scene, they've got like the police phones ringing because he's in the station and he doesn't answer it. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm doing the interview. I'm not answering the phone. He, then after all, he's like, oh, I better answer that. That could be something serious. <laughs> Triple O. <laughs> so he's just fogging it off. Like there, yeah. there's my police phone ringing. Oh, they'll be right. And then he gets on and he answers, he goes, the police say, this is Chalky speaking. <laughs> Sergeant Shaw. Oh, but it's funny. And there's obviously a dynamic there, a real interesting dynamic with Fran. Fran's the local, um, she's the local pie shop owner and so she provides the culinary experience for the uh the people who travel through larimer Mm, she's not real happy with a pub mate (laughs) no no and she doesn't like patty it becomes very very clear that um you know fran and patty don't see eye to eye they've never gotten along they've never gotten along and fran doesn't shirk the fact that she will call it as it is and she was obviously one of the people who you know wished ill things on patty (laughs) <laughs> Quite graphically. <laughs> but anyway, um, straight away when I'm watching this, I'm watching with my wife, she's just thrown out the Sweeney Todd. She's gone, Patty ended up in a pie. <laughs> That's <laughs> where good. my mind went as well. <laughs> 100% Patty ended up in a pie. Yeah. Like the hatred that her and friend, and it, it just kicked off. So it turns off that it turns out that this guy we were introduced to at the start, who was just this lovable chap, is a real shit stirrer and everybody he's 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 burnt some bridges oh, in town. Yeah. So anyway, and then they talk about how that he like there was a bit of roadkill, like a roo that got hit by a truck and Paddy then <laughs> dragged it and threw it in Fran's front yard so it had this dead carcass. And then the other one was there was a severed donkey's dick. So a donkey <laughs> had kicked this tin and he'd Cut off the donkey's dick and threw it on a driveway. <laughs> what about the brolly? Oh, yes. So the brolly that got stolen and <laughs> then he knows nothing and Paddy about goes, I know nothing about it on the ABC, yet <laughs> the brolly's right behind you. You can literally <laughs> see it in the background. Oh, it, this is not a recommendation. You have to watch You've it. You've got to go and watch it, yeah. Now, somewhat coincidentally, just last week, I was just looking for something easy to watch, you know. You know those nights when you're on the couch, you're a bit tired, you just want to watch something you've seen? Yep. I put on Crocodile Dundee. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You should have put on this. Oh, well, i tell you what. I don't know if I'd be able to tell the difference. Like It, was, it is an absolute ripper. Unbelievable. So so it goes a little further. Um, so there's other members of the the town that are, that are interviewed. So Richard is, um, is someone that's – he, he shoots straight from the hip, Richard. They all shoot um, straight from the hip. Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, Bar- Barry, the publican. So Barry oh. and Fran had a bit of an issue because Fran's daughter used to run the pub and Barry came in and sort of white-handed mm. her apparently and took it over. Now, 
so there's there's just an absolute beef all over the town. Like yeah. They, yeah, there's there's they're all in each other's business. Not to mention um, Bill um, and Fran. <laughs> Like used to be married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's the big one too. It's yeah, yeah. Billy, uh, Billy Lightcan yeah. and Fran were married, and Billy Lightcan lived like within, like he could see Fran's house, and his reasoning for moving his caravan to where he could see Fran's house is so she still had to look at him, <laughs> even though they were divorced. <laughs> it is so good. I just wanted to make sure she knew I still existed. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely riffing. I've got to say, um, sorry, I know I cut you off before. I'll let you get back to it. I've got to say, when you sent it through, because I'd seen it on there and I was like, mm. oh, not giving this a watch. But I'll tell you what, I was hooked within oh, three mate. minutes. Mate, it's even so, so Richard, one of, the, one of the locals who's interviewed as well, they're talking about the dogs and the like. So everyone has a dog and stuff and, and he's got these and this is how we find out that he's a puppy killer because... Oh. He starts talking about his dogs, two females who have had pups, and they both had litters of four. Mm. And they're like, um, so where did the pups go? He goes, oh, I sold them. And they're like, but nobody else in town has a pup. Where did they go? And it's in the middle of nowhere. There's nowhere. And obviously they find out that there was some pups that turned up in the tip. And he's like, yeah, not my pups. <laughs> like, it's just. But, but everyone just goes. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we can't get him on that one. He's got us on a technicality there. And it's the same with Paddy. Yeah. So Paddy's gone missing and they're just like, oh, yeah, nobody nobody will admit to it. So, yeah, we're, geez, we're stumped. Yeah, Chalk, he, Chalky's just going, the detectives are going, yeah, we, oh, we're, we're a bit stuck on this one. He, he might have just wandered off in the bush. You know, on a hot yeah. day out there you can get lost and you yeah. can die 800 <laughs> metres in the bush, even though he's hat. His quad bike, everything, everything. is the chooky out in the microwave. Yes. still everything is still there. <laughs> but they're just happy to just go, oh yeah. And until someone came along and started making a show about it, they were all like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it happened. <laughs> um, so it turns out, so the the big one, and we won't spoil it for you. There's the Owen the gardener. Um, he's Owen the gardener for Fran. Fran's called in a bit of protection, <laughs> <laughs> and Owen used to be an old Brophy's boxing tent fighter. And, you know, for those who have been around the, the areas of the inland central Queensland, I've got a, got a mate who lives up in Mount Isa and he always talks about when Brophy's comes into town. So they still do it now, yeah. the old boxing, travelling boxing tents, and apparently Owen was one of those guys. So he can throw them. So he can throw them, yeah. He was an old Brophy's fellow. And, and we're talking back in the day. Yeah. So we're talking 60s, 70s Brophy's boxer, so hard as nails. So you're talking just before the concussion protocol came <laughs> Yeah, <in>. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> concussion was a requirement of the job. <laughs> um, it is an absolute pisser. We won't ruin it for you. We've probably said we far too few, it. Yeah. <laughs> We won't ruin it for you. We have absolutely butchered it for you. It is still worth watching. It is still worth watching. We are not doing it, it justice. Yeah. It, go, and, go and check it out. Um, you know... <laughs> Barry the publican too. It's it really one of the big things that highlighted for me because, you know, they don't live the healthiest life ever. And no. poor old Barry the publican kicks the tin because he gets prostate cancer. And I think it's pretty clear that 
Barry has never had a finger up his anus, <laughs> to be honest. Like, in the middle of nowhere, nobody has given Barry a prostate check. So no. he's, like, so far gone. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, well, prostate cancer got me. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's just such a bizarre lifestyle yeah. that they live out there. It was crazy. But an absolute ripper. Um, and Paddy, if you're listening to the podcasts. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Let us know because there's people looking for you. There's people looking for you and we're happy to be the one who break the story. Mm. And Fran's being accused of your murder. <laughs> You'll probably have <laughs> a chuckle over that. All well, right. so, ladies and gentlemen, last stop, Larimer. It is an absolute ripper. Uh, go and check it out. Uh, it's on the Netflix. Yeah, it's a good one. Beautiful. All right, mate. Rightio, mate. Where we do next? Whoa, we'll do a bit of integrity, eh? Let's get integral. Integrity. This is Democracy Manifest. Rightio, mate. Right. We have some integrity issues. There have been. I was watching the cricket the other day. Yep. Missing someone? One of, yeah, one of the form players of the Australian cricket team was nowhere to be seen. No? The big show? Yep. Glenn Maxwell. So, what happened, mate? There's been something of an incident. Now, I say something of an incident because, mm. you know, the reason we're talking about this on the Integrity Report is this some smells, doesn't it, mate? Like, we're not quite getting the full story. So the story mm. we are getting, as our listeners may well be aware of, is that he's fallen off a golf cart. And um, actually, look, I it, it probably happened. Oh yeah, I, I believe it happened. Yeah, but does any of us believe that he wasn't blind drunk when this happened? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> look, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't. I haven't got a problem with it. No, no. Like if you look, I'd be concerned if we're talking about one of the most elite batsmen in a match winner. And yeah, and if he hasn't got the footwork to be able to balance on the back of a golf cart without a skinful, if a he's sober and his footwork is so off that he's falling off the back of a golf cart, we're in trouble. We are, we are. Um, you know, I, I don't know, mate. So I wonder if Ricky Stewart, you know, maybe he beat him on the day and Ricky was been driving the cart. Oh. Not Ricky Stewart, Ricky Pony. <laughs> Ricky Pony. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Stick. I was, I was Poor old Ricky. <laughs> He's too uh, busy dealing with an old logo. <laughs> He's not um, happy about it. Look, Maxwell's got form, though, Potty. He's apparently chasing, I believe it was his cousin or something, at, his, at a 50th birthday, and he broke his leg. Yeah. He almost had to have his, his foot amputated. Yeah. So he's got form for, you know, was enjoying himself. Was that injury or something? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, which is okay. <laughs> That's oh. fine. Look. Wasn't hurting anyone. Big show, Besides mate. Besides himself. Big show, you go out. You go and have fun. Yeah. You, and, you know, enjoy it. But yeah. at the end of the day, if he's pissed and he's fallen off the back of a cart, hit his head, and now he can't, just just say it as it is. Yeah. Just Don't go, oh, he's in the concussion protocol. Yeah. Since when has cricket had a concussion protocol? He got too many beers into him. He's yeah. gone off and he's done himself a mischief mm. and he's going to be out. And, you know, his punishment, well, his punishment might be he might lose his spot. So, yeah, you know, well. There it is. Well, it got me thinking, though, Potty. Mm. got me thinking of some of the best off-field incidents slash injury cover-ups of all time. Yeah. You know, and... 
I dug a little bit. It wasn't hard for the cricket one as easy. Ricky Ponting, and you spoke, this is where we're going with mm. Ricky. When Ricky got knocked out by the bouncer at the Bourbon and Beefsteak, <laughs> like, Ricky Ponting shows up on the front page of the paper with a massive black eye. Like, well, we can't, we can't avoid this. Yeah. And, um,. Yeah, so he apparently he got chinned hard. Yeah. And but he took his medicine, he missed a couple of one days, the old Carlton and United series. Oh, and, weren't they the good days? And then he was back on the horse. Yeah. Did um, all right for himself as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He ended up the Probably one of the best captains we've had. Yeah, certainly. Certainly had a lot of wins and scored a lot of runs. So mm. you know, Tommy Turbo falling in the shower—that was oh, always. Oh, that when there is. When there is footage of him sprinting, the, yeah. was it the Corsa? Yeah, he was on the Corsa having a race oh. and blew his hammy out. Yeah. Well, but, you know, to say but I, there I is slipped footage in the of him shower, racing. Yeah. Like a, it was good. It yeah. was a good try. Slipped in the shower. I, um, mean, I mean, sorry, not to harp on that one, but surely if you're sitting in a room with Des and the higher-ups and me, I mean, we're going to, we're going to say you slipped in the shower. You, yeah. you, no, yeah. we're not doing that. I reckon uh, Des would have just gone, oh, yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah. Moving I'll, on. Yeah. I'll just cause a ruckus. <laughs> Whatever. Um, big conspiracy, mate. Ronaldo. Yep. All right, eh? Ronaldo's convulsive fit before mm. the 1998 World Cup final. They still have never got to the bottom of that as yeah. to what really happened. And there's been a lot. I mean, they got flogged by France. They did. And it was a massive boil over. But, you know, and he just wasn't himself. But there's, there's still never been a book confirmation as to what happened. Yeah, you would have thought that maybe he would have written, mm. you know, written a, or maybe he has, but he would have that would have been his little catch, you know, how they put out a I big story. I don't think story. he has to write a book, no. Ronaldo. He's, he's doing yeah, all right. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. He's, he's thriving. Yeah. <laughs> um, Could play. Harlequins, Bloodgate, Tom mm. Williams, where they bid on the blood capsules so oh, you yeah. get the blood bin yeah, yeah. and they got the free substitution. Yeah. That was a pisser in the rugby over there. Um, Fortunately, a mouthful of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they ended up getting caught. So um, Tottenham Hotspur's gastro bug. So they were one win off making the Champions League and qualifying at the expense of their rivals, Arsenal, and then they got gastro. It ran through the team the night before. And, I mean, there's a bit of conspiracy going on here. How did they all get gastro? They called for a replay. They wanted it done. But as we've seen lately, Premier League don't do replays. They don't do replays. Um, Robbie Kearns. Yep, Robbie falling off, the, falling off the horse. Yes, enough. so that was when I think it was Wayne Pierce. Yeah, Wayne Pierce. So Wayne Pierce, Pierce sort of went. In. Yeah, he went for that. Look, I'm going to instill some professionalism into Origin. We're not doing the old bonding session. We're not going to go out and get absolutely hammered. We're going to go and you know do some recreation and horse ride. Yeah, it was all good until Robbie fell off, broke his collarbone, <laughs> missed missed miss the Origin series. Yep, well done. But uh, then. On the other side of that, Gus Gould comes in, the greatest origin coach ever, and says, you know what, boys, let's have a couple of beers. Don't come back till you love each other. Mm. And, um, well, Gaznier wanted someone to fire up. (laughs) Gaz. (laughs) Oh, yep. Oh, one of the greatest off-field publication stories ever where it was just a conglomerate of, Oh my glob! Oh like no. what has gone on? You yeah. know, yeah, couldn't have got worse. No. Um, and, and Belliac, Craig, Craig Bellamy, yeah, the Welsh Belliac, yeah, Craig Bellamy, who flogged John Arnorisa with a putter 
when they were on the in Portugal on a camp before they went to Barcelona for yeah. a Champions League tie. Yeah. Had there, it's come out that there was a bit of a blue, and it's turned out that Craig Bellamy he's a bit of a he's a bit of a rev head. Craig Bellamy, we're the striker. Yep. for our Australian listeners. Mm. And he flogged John Arnaresa with a putter. Yeah. And then he scored a goal against Barcelona and ran to the corner flag and picked it up and used it as a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> so he owned it. Well played. It was well fantastic. Played. Now, just having a look here, there's, I've got some other specials that we've looked at, mate. And there's some here that I was just like, I completely forgot about. Um, oh, yep. The bunnies in oh, Arizona. I remember Arizona. when Julian O'Neill oh, shat and slossed his shoe? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Come on, Julian. <laughs> Julian O'Neill. Oh, oh um, no, don't tell me it's uh, Wayne Carey. Wayne Carey, but the best one was the England Rugby Union team when they were throwing midgets in Queentown. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they were dead set at a midget throwing contest in Queenstown oh. in New Zealand and it got published. In a book. Oh, some, some crackers there. And you send us through if you've got any that, that we've missed. The best cover-ups, that's what we want to hear. The best cover-ups. Oh, oh, should we get into all other sport, mate? All other sport, mate. Let's do it. Righty, yeah, mate. Fight game, mate. Fight game. Yeah, some good fights on the weekend. Now, Brazil. It, yeah, look, it wouldn't have been a card if you looked at it and you just went, ah, oh, You love night. these cards, yeah, Greg, eh? Mate, I told these you. These are your bread and butter, aren't they? There, it was the dog's bollocks, this one. It yeah. was an absolute standout. Um, you'd look at it and you go, Derek Lewis, Jalton Almeida. It's, you know, grapple of a striker. Mm. Um, but it was the fights below that on the card that were just absolute barn burners. And the best one for me, the pick of the bunch, was Gabriel Bonfim versus Nicholas Dalby. So Nicholas Dalby is a Danish fighter. Yep. And um, he's come in and he's, you know, he's an outsider. He's a veteran. And he's come in and this Gabriel Bonfim is just an explosive, good striker. And Dalby just absolutely poured it on. So Bob Bonfim was having a lot of success early and he looked like he was going to, you know, eventually get the finish. Yep. But Dalby just stuck in there, grit his teeth, just pushed the pace and took Bonfim, who is a relatively new fighter, yep. into the deepest of deep waters and he crumbled. Yeah. Dalby got the win. It was a, it's an absolute cracker of a fight to watch. You know, you just watch it and you go, oh, and I likened it to, you know, when you say when football players or league players, when, you, when you're not going too well and you're just like, I want them to play for the jersey. Yeah, okay. This was it. So he was, he was playing for the this jersey. This was him playing. This is, it was exactly what you mean when you say to your football team, you're like, I want you to play for the jersey. Yeah, he just right. went out there and just was an absolute tradesman, gritted his teeth, went forward and just went, you know what, I don't care if I get knocked out, I'm just going to go forward and I'm going to do it my way. It was so impressive. Wow. But, um, yeah, there were some really, really good knockouts on there, some some <laughs> absolute flatliners. Mm. Um, so if you do get a chance and you want to you want to jump on the on the KO Sports and watch the replay, it's it's well worth it. Um, and there's a, there'd be some good highlights going around on the social media th feeds as well. 
Yeah, nice, nice. And, um, yeah, so that was your, that obviously your pick of the fight of the night, mate, that one? Yeah, so so the Dolby fight was my fight of the night. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Almeida, you know, Almeida just didn't make a mistake. Yeah, you know, okay. it, was, it wasn't, you know, that Would wasn't you call it a real professional, shall we? It was a professional performance because it was boring for the fans because they just everyone loves the black beast everyone's yeah. like mate he's the black beast he's a legend yeah you know and you know what he can do if he puts one on your button yeah but almeida was very professional didn't make a mistake um lewis was surprisingly difficult for almeida to control on the ground and you know try and get a submission which would have been you know he would have liked to have done tried to get a, a few sort of arm triangle positions and you know he had a lot of control he yep. was in mount for a very long period of time so absolute clean sweep on the on the points on the judges cards but wasn't able to get the finish which he would have liked mm. yeah, um well. but a bit of boxing mate so, obviously, after last week's big fight with Francis and Tyson Fury, I noticed that Eddie Hearn was getting a bit chirpy this week. Wants a piece of Francis. Absolutely. So, the Anthony Joshua, yep. who is promoted by Eddie Hearn, hey, James. Was, yeah, was just, I'm not doing these shit show fights. I'm not doing these, mm. you know, you know, fights for, you know, internet theme. You know, internet fame. I'm not doing. I'm a real fighter. Yeah, I'm a real fighter. Yeah. Well, it turns out that uh, he wants that smoke. Well, I imagine with Francis Ngannou knocking down Tyson Fury Mm. last week, that has stirred up the boxing, um, the boxing world, and more to the point, it stirred up the money. And there's a lot of money coming for because you know you're knocking down Tyson Fury. I don't have many boxing chops, but um, you know, you can throw them if you can knock down Tyson Fury. So you could go as l- you could go as far as saying, Potty, that Anthony Joshua would go in an underdog. Yeah. After because Tyson Fury has shown us in his fights with Deontay Wilder that he can, like the Undertaker, just sit up from death. Yeah. And uh, Anthony Joshua hasn't got that chin. No. Uh, Anthony Joshua was absolutely schooled by Alexander Usyk. Mm. They've and never fought, have fought. they? AJ and um, and Fury. They no, haven't. No, they've never been able to get it done. Um, yeah, whether that will happen, I'm not too sure. But was Joshua dodging him? Well, there's suggestion. It's it's. Yeah, I I'm very reluctant to use the dodge word because I I think there's so much more that goes into the business aspect of boxing that yeah. I don't think it's fair to say that people are dodging, especially when their interests are controlled by managers, promoters, yeah. and the like. You know, I I think that I I find that really really unfair to yeah. to boxers at times. There has been that uh, I. Sp- I suppose that's been put out there, hasn't it, though, that Joshua yeah, was dodging yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't know. I'm just but that's certainly been the vibe, I guess. But that's boxing though. Mm. That's not MMA. MMA yeah. you basically you if you're in the UFC there can only be one winner. Yeah. You know, with boxing there's you know, a range of different associations who promote, you know, whether it be WBC, mm. WBA, IBF, the like, you know. So there is a way in which promoters can manipulate those belts and keep their their fighters at the top. Watch this space. Absolutely, but, mate. But speaking about real fighting, yeah, mate. Yeah, real fighting, the fighting game, there was a huge, I'll say it again, huge fight over the weekend, mate. Yeah. Logan Paul's back in the ring. Yeah. Who'd he fight? Saudi Arabia. So Logan Paul 
is a champion, mate. He is a champion. He's won the US title. Um, he defeated Rey Mysterio. The Hall of Famer, mm. Rey Mysterio. Now, the, we're talking about uh, the Saudi Arabia card, Crown Jewel. Yep. Crown Jewel. So there were some interesting fights that were in the in the Crown Jewel card. The first one was Shayna Baszler, ex-UFC. Mm. So um, there was a fatal five-way match with the girls. And, um, you know, she's a third-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu, Shayna Baszler. Now, she was able to, and look, this is unbelievable. She was able to lock in three submissions consecutively. So she had three people in a submission at the same time. Wow, wow. You know, I have never seen anything like it, not in the UFC, not in jiu-jitsu, not in any of the grappling, you know, quintet tournaments or anything. Shayna Baszler was able to lock in three consecutive submissions at the same time. Wow. So... They obviously tapped. She won. No, she didn't. They didn't quite get the tap, oh, but just you know the tough. fact that the fact that she was able to mm. lock them in, um, you know, at the end of the day, Raya Ripley, Australia's own, she yep. um, she hit the riptide and got the dub, mate. Yeah. So big you win know, for Raya. No kicking out of that um, uh, riptide, mate. Nah, no. no. Um, John Cena, mate, the goat. John Cena, forty-six wow. years old. John Cena. Yeah. Wow. Now he's come out. Uh, I mean, he looks in tip-top shape, John Cena. Yep. So he um, he fought one of the Usos, I believe. Uh, uh, Solo Sokoa, I believe. Solo Sokoa. Is he an Uso? Yeah, he's an Uso. He's, okay, he, he's, yeah. he's the brother, I think, of the Usos. Mm, mm. Okay. So he fought against John Cena. Mm. Now, I mean, in terms of, you know, it was a pretty rough one. I mean, John Cena's 46 years old. He is, mate. He's and, I mean, I don't even think a prime John Cena would have been able to take the Samoan Spike like he did. Well, the Samoan Spike, what, what's that, mate? The Samoan Spike is a, is a specific type of punch mm. that uses the thumb as a point of contact. And it is absolutely brutal. Mm, if you get hit by the Samoan Spike, I mean, there's no way you can... Stay conscious. Of course not. Of course not. But anyway, going back to John Cena, mate, he looks in tip-top shape for 46 years old. However, we did mention Ashley and Martin earlier. (laughs) And, I mean, John Cena's – what's his his phrase or his motto is, you can't see me? Yeah. Well, we can see the fucking plate of Devon on your head, mate. (laughs) Are you suggesting (laughs) there is a knob of Devon on top of your head? (laughs) There is, dead set. He's getting thin. Oh, yep. John Cena. I mean, he's not short of a, a dollar, is he? No, no. no. <laughs> I mean, the slice of Devon on John Cena's head is it's almost time to yeah. get well, the old we'll, razor. We'll all get Ashley and Martin around. Mm. And, you know, they work. They work I mean, here. they're working with Jared Hayne. They are. So. Uh, but yes. um, going to the big one, mate, um, Rey Mysterio. Like, Logan Paul, when people talk about Logan Paul, he's got a lot of haters, you know, in the fight game. But when they talk about Logan Paul in professional fighting, it's really, really difficult to get a really good, well-balanced judgment on him. Yep. But at the end of the day, he's got a victory against Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio has 882 wins in his career, potty. Wow. You know, we're talking about a veteran. The ultimate underdog, mm. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. So Logan Paul, he's been preparing for his boxing match. Obviously, he had the boxing match against Dylan Danis. So coming into the fight, it was obviously going to be clear that Logan was going to look to use his striking, use, it, use his hands. Yeah. I mean, because he's been working on the hands. 
Um, Ray was really elusive early. Yep. You know, Ray obviously comes from that's that, his game. That, that Lucha Libre yeah. style, you know, and, and Ray had a lot of success. Yep. I mean, the only way that Logan could really contain Ray in the early phases was with a bear hug. Yep. And, I mean, the bear hug's a really effective move in professional fighting. Um, and he got it, locked him in, and he was able to just slow that momentum of Ray Mysterio, which was, um, you know, it was what was needed Cut at the off time. the air supply. Cut off the air supply, yeah. restrict the movement, especially for a high flyer like Ray Mysterio. It was, a, it was genius. Yeah. It, yeah, that crushing of the ribs, mm. I mean, not only does it take your breath away, like it leaves some pretty severe bruising. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone can remember where they've been bear hugged. Oh, yeah. And when they've felt helpless like that. Yeah. And so can Ray Mysterio now. Yeah. Ray Mysterio can. Um, but that didn't get the job done though, did it, mate? No. I mean, Logan faced adversity. Mm. I mean, Ray Mysterio, he locked in a cross face that almost had Logan tapping. Yeah. And the pain that Logan was on his face. Yeah. Like, I've, I mean, I've watched a lot of fighting. Mm. And how he endured that pain and how he got through it is unbelievable. You'll never know. No. Um, I mean... Controversy. People would say there was a bit of controversy with the with the fight. Um, Logan's corner, uh, cornerman slipped him some brass knuckles. Ah, oh, yes, the old brass knuckles, and um, that's a know, veteran move. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. despite so, he was able. He was hit with a six one nine. Yep, which is Rey Mysterio's finisher. He blocked the six one nine. Which I mean, I don't think I've seen anyone block. A six one nine. Like I mean, you see people blockhead kicks in the UFC, yep. the like. But if he had been hit with a six one nine, it was over. I mean, it's curtains for your boy. Yeah, he's gone. Mm. Blocks the six one nine. Gets up. Rey Mysterio transitions off the ropes. Comes in. Logan Paul slips using that's those skills that he's been working on. Slips the coat hanger. Slides in the right hand. Brass knuckles right on the chin. Mm. Done. You know, Gets the cover, three count, Logan Paul is your USA champion. A little bit controversial, some people have said. Do, do you know what I, what I thought of when I first saw it in the way that he won? Our man, Nate. Ric Flair, he would have loved that one. Mate, at the end of the day... Um, he's wearing the belt. You know, he's wearing the belt. He's done the job. He trained hard. Mm. And it's combat sports. Like, it's, you know, you've you've got to go out there and deliver. And... Look, I'm going to throw it out there, and look, it's not even up for debate. Um, we spoke about last week Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury. You're talking about, you know, who is the baddest man on earth, but I can't go past Logan Paul. No. Like, when we talk about fighting and we talk about real fighting, you're talking about, you know, people jump straight away and go, Francis Ngannou fights in MMA, you know, there's you know, no rules, but there is. There's, mm. you know, it's it's commissioned MMA rules. You know, but Francis Ngannou doesn't have to deal with brass knuckles. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have to deal with ladders, no. tables, chairs. He doesn't have to deal with all the extenuating circumstances no. of no rules fighting like in the WWE. Well, that's right. That's so right. at the end of the day... Logan Paul is the baddest man on earth because he has proven it. And we Not only you. has he been successful in boxing, he has been successful. I mean, he high school wrestled, so he had some skills. Yep. But he has gone above and beyond sports such as MMA and he's been successful in the most brutal sport of the WWE. 
Well done to you, Logan. You Ooh. are a champion. And you are the baddest man on earth. All right, mate. So, the fighting. Wow, that was huge. Yeah, it was massive. Yep. Ah, so, where, where are we at now, mate? Quick one, mate. The Rangers won the World Series. Oh, well done. Well done. All right, moving on. <laughs> For all you uh, baseball fans up there, we apologise. Yeah, we it would um, it'd be worse if we actually did offer some commentary on it. So. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> so, uh, motorsport, mate, F1 in Brazil. Uh, Maxi does it again, and uh, you know I'm happy about this, mate. Mm. Lando Chuck Norris, he's back on the... Lando back. Chuck Norris, he got the second, but the big one was Fernando Alonso. Wow, turning yeah. back the clock, Fernando. Comes what was he a world champion about 15 years ago? Oh, he'd have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Might have been right after Schumacher. Mm. Michael yeah, Schumacher, that is. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, so it was carnage at the start. Leclerc didn't even get out. Yeah, and right. like they're just a shit run for a Ferrari. Mm, they're nope. on an awful run. Um, and then bef- they so he didn't get out before the start. Then they had the first start, and Albon and Magnussen didn't even get around the first corner. Yeah, so yeah. it was a bit of a, a stop start. But once they got going, it was all Maxi. Yeah. And um, a bit of rumor coming out of Mercedes, and a lot of talk coming out of the British press, especially, is that um, yeah, it's not looking good for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, mm. there, there could be some significant issues at Mercedes, just whether Mercedes are up to what Lewis expects of them at this point of his career. So yeah. um, I think that'll be a watch this space. Yeah, well, he's seen Maxi Verstappen win everything in coming mm. after. 17 um, wins this yeah, year. That's something else. Yeah. No, one's even, no one's even getting close. No. Uh, NFL, mate. How'd we so, go, mate? What was the scores? Uh, so over the weekend, mate, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Vikings... The Ravens, the Saints, the Browns, the Texans, the Commies, the Packers, the Colts, the Eagles, the Raiders, and the Bengals all had wins. And uh, the Chargers and the Jets will play uh, in Monday Night Monday Football. Monday Night Football. Mate, I had a couple of games that I checked out, so yeah. I might jump into those. So the Ravens absolutely pummeling the Seahawks, mate. It was an absolute bludger for us as Seahawks fans. Yeah. Um, you know... They just could not get any momentum on offense. And the no. Ravens just absolutely tore us to shreds in the second quarter. Mm. And then it was downhill from there. I think the only glass half full moment for us is Devin Witherspoon. You know, at corner. He's an absolute player and he's he's been playing out of his skin despite the fact that we were under the pump. So Yeah, that is a thirty seven to three. That that's not even looking likely, is it? Mm. Mm. And the other match that I did catch was the Bucks and the Texans, which I'm glad I caught because it was an absolute point scoring frenzy. Yeah. Um you know, they were both three and four heading into the game. The Bucks got out of the gate. Um, Baker Mayo field obviously leading the uh leading the charge there, but Moving into the third quarter, Stroud got his swagger for the Texans and they put some points on. Then they sort of went blow for blow after that. Um, you would have thought, Bay, uh, Baker Mayfield would have thought he's put the Bucks in front. It, it's, you know, we're going we're gonna to run it down. 46 seconds to go in the fourth. And yeah. then obviously the NFL does what the NFL does and keeps everyone on their toes. Texans get the drive, tank Dell, Texans get the win. It was an absolute ripper of a game, mate. Yeah, ripping. Mate, I didn't um, catch much of the NFL over the weekend. I caught the highlights of a couple of um, uh, couple of games early in the week. But what I thought we'd have a look at doing, that was week nine. And as we know, and we've spoken about before on the podcast, the NFL has a really short season comparatively to other codes that we might be used to. So the mm. EPL, obviously, 
30, 38, is it, um, um, matches. Mm. And the NRL was 27 this year, AFL 25, something something around there. So we're well and truly beyond the halfway point now. And so what I thought we'd have a look at is the different conferences and who who's doing really well and who we think might be um, playing off in, in the Super Bowl in mm. uh, early February. So uh, obviously the Chiefs are up there and the Eagles are just killing it at the moment as well. And I, I've, I've been impressed with... Um, both those, um, mm. uh, both those sides. Uh, the Chiefs lost to uh, the Detroit Lions in, in the first in the first match of the year, close. But they've they've looked very strong since then. And the Eagles only going down once looked very good as well. But the, the team that p- must have um, people looking over their shoulders, particularly the the Chiefs in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens, mate. What have you made of them? Yeah, well, obviously I, I caught a good glimpse of them today and yeah. uh, it wasn't good. No. And uh, look, they're, yeah, they're... Unless you're a Ravens fan. They're surprising a lot of a lot of pundits, but, you know, they're looking good. They're going to be there, thereabouts. Um, I would have said at the start of the season that the NFC were the stronger conference and they were looking good, but I would say this point in time, minus the Philadelphia Eagles, the form teams are actually in the AFC when you've got the Kansas, Baltimore and Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, Miami's um, <coughs> doing pretty well down there as well. Yeah, uh, so... so- the 49ers have been disappointing for me. That's yeah. probably the big. And obviously the Minnesota Vikings, they've lost Kirk Cousins. Well, um, that's them done now. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be tough. And obviously we've spoken about Seattle just being a little bit inconsistent. Like they, they've been, they went on a little bit of a run there, but they've been hit and miss for the last few weeks. I think they're facing an uphill battle mm. now. Look, I, I watched the Ravens play the Steelers. A month back, I think I did it as my match of the round, and it was just a bludger. And I think I might have even made comment on this um, show, and you know, I'm sure you'll get the snippet out of it if the Ravens end up winning. But mm. neither of those teams are going to be doing too much this year. Mm. But the Ravens, geez, they they are they are flying at the minute. Yeah, uh, a bit of cricket, mate. Yeah. Good win, good win against the Wingers, mate. Yep, good we win. Put them, put them back in their box. Um, it was a match for the bowlers. Yeah. It wasn't really a batting wicket. Zampa was the difference for me, mate. The you know he he was a part of the wag of the tail. Yeah, you know twenty nine runs with the bat, and then he got uh, three for twenty one with a ball from ten. So he really slowed the run rate of England um, with his effective bowling, which was um, really what we needed at the time. Yeah, well, to not only get wickets, if you're if you're slowing that run rate, you're like he got more than three wickets, didn't he? Because you, when yeah. you're under that sort of pressure, you have to start attacking somebody else, mm. and you know that leads to wickets for them as well. So great to see them beat England. Um, England have just been the, the way they've been carrying themselves lately. I'll leave that for a bit later on. You can imagine where I'm dropping that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, look, look, they're gone, mate. We're a dollar one to make the semis. Yeah. Oh, I think In- it's sewn up. Yeah. England are out. Like. Job done. Yeah. Job done. Happy days. Absolutely. Rightio, mate. Uh, multi, mate. Multi. So we're going to we're gonna have a bit of a change of format for the multi. Mm. Um, we did get our multis in. However, what we're going to do is we're going to provide the multi that we're going to go for and provide some multi tips for this week and then we'll report back on them next week. So what do you, how'd you go with your multi first this week, mate? Mate, no good. So I had um, uh, any time try scorer, three any time try scorers: James Tedesco, Ben Hunt, 
and uh, Jermaine Asako uh, in the Aussies versus New Zealand. Well, when Jermaine Asako went over in about the 10 minutes, I thought, hey, I'm on here. This, mm. is, this is happening. Benny Honey will sniff one out late in the game and Teddy, oh, I mean, he'll just be all over it. But didn't transpire. The Aussies not no. scoring any points. Certainly didn't help. So uh, no good there. Um, mate, do you want to tell us how you went? Mate. Happy days. I uh, got a nice little winner. So three from three. It was an APL delight, mate. I went for um, I went for Manchester United head mm. to head against Fulham into the Brighton Everton draw. Yep. Into Crystal Palace to win. Um, so I think it was paying about nineteen bucks. Ooh, so yeah. which was pretty good. Now I told my wife about it, and she said to me, she goes, oh. Turns around, just goes, oh, yeah, you only hear about the wins. I said to her, well, that shows me you don't listen to our podcast <laughs> because I tell you what, every week I talk about my losses. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, that, um, that, was, that was a kick in the guts on two fronts. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, was, I was happy. I got the win, so yeah. it didn't bother me. Um, however, looking at the Melbourne Cup, the race that stops the nation for Australians out there tomorrow, mate, um, have you got a tip for us? Uh, look, the, the Melbourne Cup is the hardest race. <laughs> yeah, harder to pick than a broken nose. I it know. is, mate. It is an absolute shocker. Uh, but without a fight, I, I don't mind the look of without a fight. Mm. And uh, I, I think uh, might be pretty tough to beat. But if you're looking, I think it's about $7. I, I usually like to go something with a little bit more value on the Melbourne Cup because mm. it is so uh, much out there. I uh, was on Very Elegant a couple of years ago at yeah. about uh, $21, so I was uh, I was quite happy so was with I. it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, Very Elegant indeed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Look, I like, and if you are after a little bit more um, value, maybe break up at eighteen dollars doesn't look too bad. And uh, look, you know, if What's you the other one, uh, mission, uh, um, what is it? Um, yeah, I don't know. And look, if you got a bit of romantic in you, like I do, the two thousand and nineteen winner, the eight year old vow and declare. Mm. Look, I think it's got to be getting near its last Melbourne Cup uh, at twenty six dollars. Look, um, that might be just a bit too much romance for me. Yeah, look, speaking of romance, mate, the French are known for their romance. I've gone for uh, La Stotchka. I don't mind La Stotchka. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're right. Um, look, I do, like you're saying, I like that little bit of, little bit of cash because yeah. it's, you know, it's the Melbourne Cup. It's anyone's race, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think out of them, uh, out of, yeah, Probably, I like the the weight, you know, mm. fifty one kegs. It's nice, yeah. And um, obviously, not coming in with form or you know track experience. That's always you know something to be aware of. But I think out of the out of the you know the wider shots, I think this was my pick. Yeah, mate, I don't mind that. I, yeah, get on it, get on it. Mm. Uh, what about your multi this week, mate? You're looking at putting them together. Mm, yeah. So um, look for me. Um, you know, look, get a bit of each way action. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. Look for my multi this week, mate. For for my three legged multi, uh, I'm looking for Evan and get the chockies against yep. uh, Crystal Palace away. So they're not the favourites there. Crystal Palace are expected to do uh, quite well, but I think the Toffees have been playing a good brand, and I'm all over them. Not biased at all. Sitting here in my Toffees jersey, uh, look. The Glory and the Wanderers to play out a draw uh, down in Sydney. Uh, that uh, is 
something I think could potentially happen. And I think the Seahawks are going to bounce back as well and get the commies done. So, look, let's be honest there. Two out of three on betting. Well, actually, I'm betting with my heart. So, yeah. So, yeah. You, yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah, don't follow me down that garden path. All right, mate. I'm going to go with the UFC this week. And the, um, the UFC is a tough one. It's mm. always tough. But I'm going to go for what I'm... You know, calling the complete martial artist multi. Yep. So I'm going to go for the two uh, fighters in the the main and co. So uh, Jiri Prohashka and into Thomas Benol, both under five rounds. Wow. Yep. So we're going to get finishes in both of those. Yep. Um, however, just the guys who are a bit more rounded in their game. So Prohashka's fighting um, Pereira. Yep. And um, obviously Aspinall is going to fight. Uh, Pavlovich, yep. Sergey, and obviously, I mean, anything can happen. I'm going to put in a full disclosure here. These guys could both get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> I, but I'm just saying that if the fight goes on, these two are the more likely to get submissions. They're the more likely to, you know, be able to wear the opponent down. Ooh, all right, mate. I like that. Mm, so under five rounds... More experienced, more rounded, get on them. All right, mate. So, you know what time it is. Points of the week. Look, we've been... Sorry, mate. I've just rudely jumped straight in there. That's how keen I've been for it. Look, we've been on this... I feel like the Poms. Just relentless. The cricket team have got the penis of the week about five out of the last eight times. But Joe Root... Joe has come out and said that the English cricket team are a better team... And if they have their day, no one can go with them. Well, mate, you haven't even made the semis. How many games mm. have you won? Like, yeah. you are kidding when you've got Pom cricketers out there who are still whinging about the Ashes, which, what, finished three months ago? Yeah. And it was a drawn series. And now you've got them sitting here talking about the fact that you're the best team in the competition because you're the reigning champs and you've barely won a game and you're not going to make the semis and you've yeah. been beaten by everyone. You're done, mate. Joe, put a fork you in can't him. be serious. You're a penis as well as the rest of your flog team. Please. Absolutely. Penis of the week. Joe Root and the England cricket team. Again. <laughs> uh, Rightio, penis of the week. I'm going to have to go back and my penis of the week and I have come completely unprepared this week, so... I'm going to go, penis of the week for me is going to be uh, Barry the Publican from uh, our documentary, Last Stop Larimer. Uh, Barry is the penis of the week because, you know, despite the fact that Fran was selling pies at her shop, he decided to start selling pies at the pub. Come on, So Barry. he undercut Fran, even though Fran's a murderer, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Barry, and Barry's no longer with us, rest no. his soul. Um, you know, just the the way in which, you know, he started selling pies and then put up a nice fancy sign to say that they were the best pies in Larimer, clearly targeting Fran. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's enough to get penis of the week. Poor form, poor form. And penis of the week also too is Paddy. Paddy Moriarty. Like, if you're going to go for a walk... Let someone know. <laughs> Let one of the <laughs> other ten people in town know. Oh. All 
right, mate, that'll do us. The Sports Attention Podcast for another week, mate. Uh, anything to add before we finish up? Thank you, listeners. We love you. Absolutely. Get around us on the socials. Let us know what you think. Mm. Let us know what you want to hear about. We are up for anything. And keep a look out on the socials for our video content that we're going to be uh, sort of slowly filtering in. So, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. Let us know. Give us feedback on that as well. Rightio, for all of our listeners in Carlingford, home of the Cougars, we say good night. And farewell.